welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week, we read a double portion of the parasha. We, we read parasha Matot and we, uh, and we read parasha Maseh. With these two parashas, we finish the book of Badmitvar, the fourth book of the Torah. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about uh, an, um, a Torah portion, uh, a pasuk, that is in the book of Maseh. And uh, it says, the cities which you shall give to the Levim, the six cities of refuge, which you shall give for the murder to flee there, and on top of those you shall give for 42 cities. So it is well known and mentioned many times in the Torah that the Leviim didn't own land in the, in the land of Israel. They were not given to them a heritage of the land. And so, the, but it was given to them 42 cities where they could live, and there were six other cities which were known as the refugee cities, or in Hebrew they're known as the Aremic Lat, cities of refuge. And these cities of refuge, these six cities of refuge, they were designated to a person that unintentionally killed someone else. So God forbid a person was, I don't know, cleaning his balcony and suddenly something fell off from the balcony and it happened to be that someone was walking in the street and this thing fell on his head and he died. Uh, the person that killed this person obviously didn't intend to kill this person. It was not a premeditated murder. He was not intending to kill this person. But nevertheless, this person, although he was uh, free from not being executed in those days for killing someone else, uh, he had to run to a city of refuge of the Levim in order to save his life because uh, human nature is that someone of this family would be so upset that would go after him and kill him. So this uh, Aremiklat, this, this city of refuge, was a place in which this person would come and he would avoid death and he would live in this place until the Kohen Gadol of the generation would pass away and in this way he was saved. So uh, the Shem Ishmael has a beautiful insights on, on these uh, six cities and the 42 cities and mystically what they represent. And he says that the, that the Leviim, that it is curious to note that not only this refuge provided for, accidental, for the accidental killer, these places, but also in the residential cities of the Leviim, this person could come and he could also find refuge. But the difference was, a, a big, big difference was between these two groups of cities, the six cities of refuge and the other 42 residential cities, is that this, if this unintentional killer arrived to the, to the Arei Miklad, the six, one of the six uh, cities of refuge, he was afforded refuge, the people from the other family could not come in there and he was guaranteed that he was going to be saved and he was going to be, take care, be taken care of his life. And, uh, but if he would have ended up in one of these other 42 cities, which were not cities of refuge, if he didn't know where he was, then the family of this person that died could come after him and kill him. 
Uh, but if he knew where he was, if he knew that he was in one of these cities that belonged to the, that, that the Levim uh, resided, then he would be saved. So this, this is very strange. This needs interpretation. This needs something more to be able to, under, to understand it better. Uh, the law is uh, given by the Rambam. And, uh, and, he, and he is not so so straightforward forward with it so that we can understand it. So the Shem Ishmael, he says that in the Shema is the answer to this question. And, uh, and he says that there is a very surprising correspondence between our subject and the first paragraph of the Shema. So the first paragraph of the Shema Israel, it says Shema Israel, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Ehad, has six words. If you break it down, it has six words. And the mystics note that these six words represent the, the six Aremikla, the six cities of refuge. And the verse of the Shema that starts with Behafta and it ends in Ubishareha, which is uh, after the Shema, contains 42 words, which correspond to the 42 cities of, of residence of the Levim. So this division of the Shema is not arbitrary, for these two sections reflect quite di different concepts. So the first line, which contains the six words, Shema, Israel, Hashem, Hashem Ehad, what it means is Shema Israel, listen Israel, Hashem, I'm not saying the words because I'm not um, praying, but Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem is, um, is the infinite God, the, the Tetragrammaton, uh, Elokeinu is God is the the, the the description that is given to the God that is imbued in nature that is hiding in nature. Hashem Ehad is one. There's only one. Everything in the world is Hashem. So this Shema Israel really is the quintessential prayer of the Jewish nation. Like it really represents what we believe. We believe that God is everything. There's not only one God, but God is. There's nothing apart from God. Everything is Hashem. And then, the, the, then we read, we see that this is talking to us about how to love God, how to, how to connect to Hashem, how that we have to love Him with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength. So in the Hebrew, the heart is, is in plural, what, which it means that it's, you have to love God with your, both your inclinations, with your yetzer hatov and with your yetzer hatav, your good inclination and your evil inclination. You have to, with your yetzer hara, you have to love him with your two hearts. So we see, that we, that the accidental killer, this unintentional person that killed someone, he didn't want to kill this person, he has to really think because the person that died, it's not an accident. He was meant to die. That was what was going to be with him. Even either this thing would fall on his head or he would have fallen down a hole 
any other situation could have happened that this person was gonna leave this world that day at that moment, but that it had to happen through this other person, that's what this other person had to work on. Because if it had to be through him, because it was unintentional, he, he was not gonna do it, this was not even in his head that he was gonna go and kill somebody, but that he was actually the instrument that Hashem used to bring death to this other person, it's something inside of him that he has to rectify. There's something that he has to work on. So the accidental killer has, by taking the life of another, put his own life in spiritual jeopardy. Thus, while he may still be physically extant, like he's not gonna go to jail, he's not gonna be given the, 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 the lethal injection, he needs to take steps to repair the damage that he has created spiritually. Like Hashem is telling him something. And really these, these, these insights of the Shem Mishmael, they're so in tune with the moment that we're in the three weeks of the destruction of, between the destruction of the temples from the 17th of Tammuz to the 9th of Av, we're in the saddest time of the Jewish calendar. And, uh, and our temples were destroyed. There's a lot, like things happen for a reason, like there's something that has to be rectified. And if the, temples, if the temple hasn't been built yet and it hasn't come and we haven't had Mashiach yet, it's because we haven't finished rectifying whatever we have to rectify as, as an individual and as a nation. So here, this is very like, it's talking to all of us and it's telling that he needs to repair the spiritual damage and, re and restore his relationship with God. So this accidental thing that happened that he didn't mean to do, in reality what it is, is that Hashem is giving him the opportunity to connect to him, to connect to God, and to repair that relationship that is not in the pristine state. So there are two ways in which this relationship can be recreated or restored. And firstly, in ultimate terms, we appreciate that God is, is perfect and everything emanates from God. The, this is the paradox. Light, darkness, good, evil, all these uh, things that are so uh, one against the other, really they all come from God. Everything is Hashem. So deepening our understanding and recognition of his unity, and this is the first part of the Shema, Shema Israel. This is like acknowledging, this is the first thing a Jew has to acknowledge in his life is that Hashem is everything, that unity of God and recognition of his unity will establish a closer relationship with him. And we, when we acknowledge that in reality, there's nothing in the universe that is separate from God, uh, everything is part of him. It says, uh, the, 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 the rabbis teach us, like why would a person sin? Why would a person go and do something he shouldn't be doing? And the reason is because he forgets he's one with God. He forgets that he has a connection with Hashem. If he's constantly reminded that he has a connection with God, he would never come to sin. Never, he would, wouldn't be able to do it. So God and that absolutely everything in creation draws its existence in his very life force from Hashem. So then we automatically pull ourselves nearer to him when we recognize that 
the unity of Hashem. And in so doing, we're able to grasp renewed life force from God, the very source of life. So just to acknowledge that we're one with Hashem, that we are, uh, we carry within us a neshama elokit, we, we carry within us a spark of God that is living inside of us, this is our godly neshama, and we recognize that everything is Him, then, then we will come to be able to renew uh, that relationship, we'll be able to, to fix that relationship. And this corresponds, just that awareness corresponds to the six cities of refuge, the six Aremiklat, which as we have seen themselves correspond to the first six words of the Shema Israel. And there is, however, a second method by which the killer uh, the unintentional killer may restore his life force, the other way that he can restore his life force, and he may choose to deepen the strength of his love for God, by so doing connect himself once more to the divine, and this is, is symbolized in, this, in that paragraph of the Shema that contains these 42 words, and it's, uh, and it's symbolized beautifully in the task of the Levim. So the Levim, what was their job? Their job was to sing. This is all they did all day, was sing, sing in the Beit HaMittash. They would sing, and they, with this music, with these instruments that they used, they used to praise Hashem in the Beit HaMittash, and their songs were intended to bring the, the people there closer to Hashem. I don't know, when you listen to Jewish music and you hear these singers singing about God, it, it draws you nearer to God. It makes you feel close, it makes you feel closer to Hashem. It, it elevates you. So this was the whole purpose of the, of the Levim and in the Beit HaMikdash was to feel, to bring people closer to Hashem, to help them feel that they were close to Him and to help them love God. Uh, and strengthen that love of God. So they are the means by which the ordinary man can approach God with the correct feelings of love and closeness. As such, when the unintentional killer wants to renew his contract with God by deepening his love for him. And this can be achieved through the auspices of the Levim. So they were the, con they were the, the connector, the one that would turn on that switch on every Jew to be able to love God, to appreciate God, to feel God in their lives. So it is clear that the 42 words of the remainder of this Shema demand that the Jewish people love God and that this in turn is reflected in the existence of these 242 residential cities of the Levim. Uh, that this unintentional killer was allowed to come to, but he had to know where he was. So we see that the Shem Ishmael starts talking about love and unity, and this is such a concept in this month. Really, it should be, um, uh, we should talk about it every month because the temple was destroyed, the sages teach, because the second temple, because there was Sinat Hinam, there was baseless hatred. People didn't like each other for no reason. It's like when you have an, uh, someone attack you in the street uh, with for no reason. You haven't done anything to them, they don't know you, they, they have no idea who you are and they just attack you and, and, and God forbid do a lot of damage on a person for no reason. There's no reason. Antisemitism has no reason. People hate Jews for no reason. They hate for hate. They hate because they want to hate. 
there's no reason they don't know them personally they haven't eaten with them personally they haven't had a friend personally they have no reason to hate they just hate because they hate and so there is a tremendous difference however between these two means of reconnection to Hashem the means of appreciating God's unity that's one approach and the other one is to deepen the love of God and we need both really we need both of them one should take you to the other and there are two different entirely distinct processes the love for God is derived from the consideration of his greatness and the magnificence and perfection of his creation so when a person meditates on the grandiosity of Hashem like he takes the human body and he meditates on how the person has all these organs has eyes that see ears that hear a mouth that can speak or can eat you can chew food you can swallow food like go to your digestive system look at your heart look at all these things that function continuously in your in your body so you can breathe and you can walk and you can be alive day after day day after day your whole life when you acknowledge this 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 tremendous a body that Hashem created then you're gonna start feeling a, a, a tremendous love for Hashem and gratitude and so you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and these words which I command you today shall be shall be upon your heart and these words what is this love that through these words you shall recognize God and cleave to his ways so when a person meditates on, on how great Hashem is, how he runs the world, how everything is exact and perfect, and every day the sun comes out on the east and goes down on the west, and the, the moon has a whole lunar calendar, how it becomes big and becomes small, and how everything, like, think about the universe, how every constellation is floating there, nothing is falling on top of us. Like, really, if you think about it, it's like synchronicity. How does Hashem keep this world moving day by day? He's recreating it at every instant. So Rashi, he tells us that by considering the beauty of the Torah system and the divine wisdom which underlies it, we will come to love God. And this can only, of course, only be achieved through cogitation and knowledge. That's why it says, know, God, know God's ways, learn Torah, go learn Torah, learn about Hashem, learn His wisdom, learn what He wants, learn why, why the world runs the way it runs. Ask yourself, why am I here? What's my purpose? What's the whole purpose of me being in this world? And when you start asking these questions and you start learning, you start appreciating Hashem and when you start appreciating God then this love will come out uh, the Tanya the Alter Rebbe he talks about this hidden love which is fiery it's a heritage that you have it's in your heart but it's dormant and you have to arouse it you have to awaken it and the way that you awaken it is through these means but it's there it's there inside of you you don't have to go in and 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 make this love come into you you have it within you you just have to unearth it and so he says that without knowledge there can be no genuine love you cannot love god if you don't know god so the second means however is quite different it is literally 
impossible for the human intellect to understand the unity and simplicity of God, like this unity of God. Like he creates the world, not, it's not one, like if you look at yourself, you have hands, you have fingers, you have nails, you have hair, you have eyes, you have, your body is made of different parts. It's, you're not one only thing, right? You have many different parts in, in, within you. But God is not like us, his uni unicity, he's, he's one. There's no eyes, no mouth, no, there's, he's one. He's one and he's everything. So included in this concept is the notion that God is the only reality. There's nothing apart from Hashem. And that he alone exists to the exclusion of all else. And although we may believe this idea, it is very hard to understand. So we have faith. This is when you tap into faith, when you cannot understand everything, then you tap into faith. You come up to here, this is where you stop. You have a brain, you have a seichel, you have an intellect, you have an amount of intelligence. Every person has different amounts of intelligence. There's a, a limit to your understanding of God. You cannot come to grasp everything because you're a finite being in a finite body, although you have an infinite soul, but you are contained in this finite uh, creation. So, uh, so he says, it is equally impossible for us to properly grasp the idea that God existed before the universe and he will continue to exist even if we're not in this world, even if the whole world disappears, Hashem continues to exist forever. And this is very hard for a person. It's an existential uh, thing that we have. They say that the biggest fear of a human being is to cease to exist. That's uh, the biggest fear of a person. But in reality, we understand that we do contain a part of God within ourselves, and this part of us is completely eternal, infinite, it's never gonna cease to exist because it is mamish, as part of God within you, then this existential fear will cease to, to, to plague you. But in reality, what the Shem Mishmuel is saying here is that we are human beings and we have limitations. And we'll never per these limitations will never permit us to fully, fully come to understand God. When you think you got him, he evades you. Like something happens and then you're looking up and says, I don't understand, right? So there are to an extent an article of faith. This is where we tap into faith, faith and trust, and moon and bitajon. This is where we're believers, children of believers. We have the ability, the capacity to be able to, to believe in things that we cannot see, believe in things that we cannot grasp. And then we have to work on trusting God and trusting that he knows what he's doing. So it is clear then that the deepening one's appreciation of God's unity is not dependent upon the machinations of the intellect. This doesn't come from the intellect. The love of God can come from the, from the appreciation, from the intellect. We may indeed, we must believe in despite our lack of understanding. So this is where, where the, the, the question comes, like, do you believe? Do you trust? Do you have faith? Do you really can believe in something that you can't see? And so the difference between the, the, the six cities of refuge, the Aremiklat, and the other 42 cities where the Levim used to live, 
becomes abundantly clear. The 42 residential cities correspond to the love of God. This may be achieved only through knowledge of God, only by learning about God, contemplating Hashem's world. And this comes from this. And, thus, and, and through knowledge of God, God's world and his maintenance of it, to, to see the Hashem every day. We wake up, we have our world. He didn't erase it. And thus, without knowledge, there is no proper love. If you don't have knowledge, if you don't have that, you can't really come to love God. And, um, and hence, these cities provide no refuge without that knowledge. So if the person didn't know that he was in one of these 42 cities of, 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 of residence of the, of the Levim, then that's why these cities could not provide refuge to the person. In contrast, the six Aremiklat, which are the six cities of ref refuge, correspond to the appreciation of the unity of God. So this is not dependent upon their, the intellect of a person. You don't have to learn, you don't have to, to, to know, you don't have to meditate, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to, to do anything for this. Because a Jew knows, a Jew believes, a Jew knows that Hashem is one. And this is not dependent upon our intellect at all, as we cannot really ever fully understand Hashem and His ways. And as such, these cities provide refuge whether or not the killer knows where he is. So I want to wish you Rosh uh, Chodesh Tov. We're coming to the month of Av at the end of this week. It's uh, the beginning of that month. It's a very hard month. It says first nine days, very tough days. They're sad days. And then we come to a very happy time in the, in the month, and the 15th of Av, which is the happiest day of the Jewish calendar where a lot of Shiduchim were made. So we must know that after pain, a lot of joy comes. And this is what keeps us going. This is what keeps us believing that we know that we have faith and we know that there's hope, that there's a plan and that we have to really every day have a new like do things to have a relationship with Hashem do things in your life that will draw you closer to him learn things that will create more love for God this is what the world needs needs love we need to be loving people we need to love Hashem and when we love Hashem we can love his world if you love the father you love the children but if you don't love the children it's impossible to love the father so, as we say at the end of every Torah uh, book, Hasak, Hasak, Benikmaseh, may you be strengthened, be strong, be strong, may you be strengthened, and we should just keep going, keep learning, and God willing, we'll have our, our imminent redemption soon, where we can really feel and see this love. So, I wish you a blessed week, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you. 